listen and subscribe to The Table of Truth on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, and Google Podcasts. Welcome everybody to Blurred Lines. This is your man Cam. We are recapping the episodes of The Expanse. We're on episode three. With me as always is... The other Cam, a.k.a. Camouflage Chameleon, scaling your building. What's up? <laughs> as well as... This is Josh, a.k.a. Bishop the Black X-Men. <laughs> <laughs> and also... It's the Professor D. Classes in session. We're going to educate as always. <laughs> All right. So we have Expanse, episode three, a.k.a. my fa- my man Philip finally got some balls. <laughs> <laughs> Be getting punked all season. Finally, got he finally grew a pair. Got a little, got a little, little, little bass in his voice. Got some belted balls. <laughs> um, but yeah, so now we have you know our our quote unquote heroes have you know point two seconds of downtime as always. <laughs> um, and we kind of get to see um one the old lady's uh campaign against uh the belters in terms of her media campaign where they're starting to now release a little bit of the footage of earthers going through some hard times and then different belters are kind of responding to it we got um the rosinante on their way to series just kind of kind of figuring out what's going on it got like i said 0.2 seconds of downtime series abandoned by uh the great marcos is uh now occupied by the un and they're trying to figure out why why <laughs> and then we had the cold open as always at laconia <laughs> yeah where they're always just like yo we're at laconia this little girl's doing some something what's going on why are we why do we care about these little kids <laughs> mm-hmm. oh you'll see but initial reactions fellas how'd you guys like the episode um, uh what about me? I thought the uh I thought the episode was good. Uh it's called uh win or lose. Uh no, actually that's that's not right. Um uh force this projection. This one was called force projection, yeah. Um no, I thought it was good. I think one one of the things that continues to impress me is the fact that they're not betraying their pace of their their established pace in lieu of knowing that they don't there's only three episodes left and, and they're still managing to develop everything and keep it moving forward. Um, as you, I, I, obviously we're seeing quicker results of the things set up from the previous episode, like um, quicker, the response of the belters to, you know, Avasarala's um, sympathy campaign, uh, specifically in the scene between um, drummers uh, spouses, uh, where they one is sort of like, you know, just because they did it to us is not right that we we're sitting here celebrating that, you know, earth is basically dying and, uh, and other guys like, you know, and the, the husband is like, well, boo, uh, boo hoo, <laughs> you know, they, they did this to us for, for, uh, for hundreds of years. And now, um, you know, they don't have the right to our sympathy. Um, and so, uh, they, they're moving the things along pretty, pretty well. And it's just also, to, I noticed that each episode has ended with a an amazing epic space battle, and mm-hmm. each one has been just brilliantly choreographed, uh, blocked by uh, in terms of the direction, but also key to where the narrative is going. So that's that's why I, I think 
overall, again, my my overall grade is that this, the episode is like, you know, hitting on all cylinders. But, you know, what do you guys think? Because I know that I see it one way and it can be totally different for everybody else. Can't can Oh, well, sorry. sorry. Go ahead, Josh. Go ahead, Josh. I think it, I think it definitely kicked into gear, like after after sort of using the the premiere episode as a bridge. Mm-hmm. I feel like you know it, it definitely has kicked into not high gear, but damn close. Yeah. Um, just all all you know, and and it, and it's it's the classic expanse formula of answering questions by providing more questions. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it it floats into that unresolved narration uh, really well, which is kind of, I guess, how the beats of history really work. And mm-hmm. reality is one thing that might be re- resolute ends up sort of spiraling, spiraling into a whole new uh, mystery in and of itself. Yeah, Cam, what you thinking? Uh, I, the title was his forced projection. That was the title of it, right? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It should have been called chess, not checkers, um, <laughs> because there were there was three instances where um, we didn't see the bigger picture. Um, General Avasala Chrissy um, putting out that report, yeah, and also you know, too- trying to get the propaganda off. Mm-hmm. Mar- Marco Narles playing the bigger game. However, it may or may not work because his son um, is looking at the short end of it and what the surface level ramifications of abandoning a series is, but Marcos is looking at it like this and general Avasala sees it. She's playing the board like a bigger piece of the puzzle. And the fact that, um, Oh my God, what's his name? Give me a second. Give me a second. Holden disarm that bomb. Yeah. At the end, knowing he wanted Marcos dead, but I'm assuming he saw what nail, uh, Naomi saw it was her son. Yeah. And yeah. I don't know if that played a part in him disarming it or was he thinking we need him alive instead of made of a martyr to disarm that bomb or it could have been a, a, a little bit of both. Yeah. So I, I think Naomi was the one who disarmed the bomb. No. No, it was, it was holding because you can see. Oh, okay. Holding off mm-hmm. Naomi was actually resolved to let Philip die in that moment. Uh, yeah. She, yeah. She was. It looked like there was a scurry of her like pressing a bunch of buttons on her wristband, and I and that was what sent the bomb no. disarmed. Nah, what you're talking about is when she switches the screen so that she can see what Holden was seeing. Yeah. At first, oh, was okay, okay, okay. My fault. Uh, he sent the type beam to Marco himself. Yeah. Um, just real quick, I was, I, have, I think shared. I, Instagram does this good thing where they do the book comparison to the what the scene is. Yeah, and mm-hmm. so uh, I was telling Josh this, that scene in the book is almost similar in that, um, first of all, I love I just love the glee in, uh, and Keon Alexander, the actor that plays Marco, is really well. Yeah, uh, does he's really great well. on he's great on Instagram. If y'all yeah. not follow him, you should absolutely you should follow, follow him. him. He is amazing. <laughs> he had that moment where when they see that there's that that one drive signature out there, and then they, he sees what it is, and he's like the Rossonate. I was like, that is such a great villain moment <laughs> because he 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 it was it was such a great moment because. Him being the main antagonist and Holden obviously being the main protagonist, those two have that 
familiarity or that common bond of Naomi. And Marco has up until that point kind of played it off like, oh, whatever. I'm Marco Anaros. He's Arthur Inner Holden. I don't care about him. His ship doesn't mean anything to him. Except when he saw the opportunity to take out James Holden and Rossinati, he could not help himself. Yeah. And so um Against uh, saw, against his commander's better wishes. Exactly. And we saw two blunders, which we, you know, we could talk about in a sec, but I just wanted to note in that moment, um, in the book, he the two men can't speak because of the hard burn. So mm-hmm. uh, they're just staring at each other. And then Marco moves to the side and Holden sees Philip. And, uh, and I think you you bring up her his second in command. His second in command is constantly telling him, like, bro, that's not a good idea. Yeah. He's just not listening to her yeah. at all. Yeah. <laughs> and, True. And, and so yeah. So I thought that, what they, that might be the Go ahead, uh, Cam, my bad. No, no, I'm sorry. Uh, I was gonna say that might be a turning mm-hmm. point. Yep. Oh, it definitely um, is. If I had if I had to put my my nerd prediction hat on, it's going to be a mutiny. Yeah, well, because the the whole point of them getting behind Marcos is because he is for the belter. But Marco is using the okay. put it like this. Put it like this. And I hate to use this reference, but he's using the same tactics Hitler did. He's preying on the desperation of the people to get behind get Mm -hmm. get behind this movement. And when the people are desperate, they're willing to follow anything that is different that didn't work before. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. Sound Mark, well, yeah, hmm. it sounds very familiar. So when you, when you <laughs> so when you, uh, when you talk to Marco in person, his son did. He was like, you don't see it. He was like, yeah, they get behind you because that's what works. But in the end, my goal is to do what I want to do and get my agenda off, which is yeah. to embarrass them, take on. Um, with leaving the series, people were like, "Oh, now Avasada's like, now we got to take care of these people because if we don't, it's gonna show Marco was right. We don't care about yep. the Belchers. Now he left us with a new problem. That was but that was, that was, a, that was He's like, man, move. we abandoned our people. Yeah, it was and savage. It was a calculated move. Yeah, right. I like that. I like that. To, I like that. Marcos did that sad move because it showed two things. One, he's like again looking at the big thing. He told the people what they needed to hear, and then in two, he like again he uh, he saddled that responsibility onto the Earther or the Inners because then he knows that they got to use their resources to do that, which takes their eye mm. off the ball of what he was doing. Here, here's the like, thing, though. Oh, my back. Uh, no, I was gonna say to that. Philip still sees the flaw in that, which is what is what have we learned about Belters over the over these over the six seasons of the existence of this show? Belters don't care about that cunning type stuff like that. Mm-hmm. The, the, in fact, they resent that Machiavellian, the ends justifies the means type of deal where mm-hmm. you see what Sandrini said to, to Abbasarallo and she's like, uh, how do I know you're telling that what you're saying is true? Uh, it was just not just a trap. She's like, well, that might be how y'all handle things, but I'm telling you, there's only three weeks of air and food left. So these mm-hmm. people are more concerned about the fact that they're about to watch their children and each other die. So I slowed down. So Marco is willing, and we saw it with Naomi, we saw it with, with, with all of his people around him. He's willing to use people to get what he wants. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, he's not willing to follow up on the other end of that, like Philip pointed out to him, you said that you stood here and said this was the belter capital of 
this is the capital of the Belton Nation. The people heard that and they responded in kindly. But now you just abandoned the station. You've left them to the inner. So even if the inners kill them, they're still going to blame Marco. Even if the inner is the inners. Uh, uh, fail to provide like Marco has put himself in a very losing situation in mm-hmm. terms of the Belcher politics. You see, with Drummer, it didn't take much for the Golden Ball dissidents to join her. Why? Because what she's trying to do is bring food and water and and all the stuff that Belchers care about. They don't care about. Even so, when they dropped the rocks, a lot of them were like, so what? Like, I just want to make sure they were worried because a lot of the food and stuff comes from Earth. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I think his second in command sees all of this, but she's like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. okay. Yeah. <laughs> I it. yeah. So I, I got a question. So the person that was left behind, who was the, what's her name? Which one? In series? Sandrine. Oh, Sandrine. Yeah, Sandrine. Yeah, Sandrine. Sandrine. So, administrator. What, what, what was she, what kind of dream she, what'd you say? I said again. Sorry, what kind of dream was she so, can you hear me? Test, test. Okay. I want to know what kind of dream she was sold by Marco and Nero's to stay there with the potential of starving to death if the humans didn't come. Oh, she wasn't any dream. She was just basically knew knew that it was an unspoken threat. Like there was nothing that they Marco took everything, including the ships that they would need to leave uh, um, series. And if they tried to leave, he could easily shoot them down. Like it wasn't like it was a it was a threat that was not it, that was unspoken. Like you stay here and do what I need you to do, or I can just kill you now. You know what I mean? Like it's it's one of the it's one of the two things. Again, he's he's a terrorist. He's not a a, a strategist or or a general. And you are seeing that. With him in the way he responds to things, he didn't need to go after the Rossinati. Everybody saw that, but he he burned those resources to try to prove a point and got his ass kicked. Yeah. So, <laughs> so, also, so, so okay, because because I'm just curious. After she was told that, knowing that she couldn't leave at her own volition, and she still was willing to follow this dude. Well, she's not necessarily follow because she was more of a Dawes and a Fred Johnson person. And so yeah. then that's why. So she was she was there when Fred Johnson was there and when Dodge was there. Yeah. And then when both of them are dead now, they were she was her her motivation was following them of like a, a cohesive freaking you know belter kind of lifestyle. Like so you, you chill with the inners, but it's mostly about belters and we can kind of live in a like a, a semi-harmony. The Marco's yeah. thing was more thrust upon her. Like Marco just kind of landed. It was like, yo, this she is what I want, up, this right. is what I need, what what? And then you know, if you're okay. if you're gonna if you're gonna go against me, I'm gonna kill you. If you don't, you know, whatever. So yeah. that's why she stayed because she actually cares about the series station. And yeah. then and then she was there when like uh, Fred Johnson was there and he was doing his thing. He was there with Dobbs was there. So that's why she's in. She's kind of like, I don't really care about you guys' war. I just want to make sure my peoples are good. And Marcos yeah. did nothing for us. Now you guys are here. What are you guys going to do for us? That kind of a thing. Yeah. Right. And you saw that with uh, the cameo from Praxidite, uh, Prax. Yep. Uh, in which he's talked about on Ganymede, how the scientists and the people, the Belchers there are like, look, we don't, we don't care who's, the top honcho in galactic politics. We all we care about is that whoever that is continues to provide the resources needed for these hydroponic um, for this stuff. And it's important work that we're doing. So we don't care who's who's 
the ruler of the of the yeah. stars. Like we don't we don't we don't care about that. Yeah. Uh, just don't get in our way. And so Sandrini was was that same person. That's why when we first meet her, her meeting with Marco is literally about trying to shore resources for series to make sure that they have enough because she understands they're in a wartime posture. At any time, things could change, as it did. And the inner, as soon as they could, they brought their fleet to series. And and so she knew that even if Marco had stayed there and engaged them, chances are he was going to get his ass kicked because yeah. they they were bringing the heavies. Like and so, then, and then also too with um, you know playing that out is like you know you the uh, the inners forces came through started giving out you know food and like blah 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 yada 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 and then and then you saw that with the sabotage when you saw that the water got blown up you saw that yeah. the, the hole got blown up and again this terrorist tactics where it's just like cool you guys are safe you got a problem boom we're gonna fuck with you guys even more yeah. and so marcos is a very hit and run person go in hit run hit and run so yeah. i think that uh, ex- that um explanation of marcos of more of a terrorist less of a dictator is actually super on point because then like all his moves are very terrorist moves and not any like mm-hmm. like big machiavellian like i'm trying mm-hmm. to puppet master this shit this is literally ego and full-on and uh just like you said smash and grab yeah and how how can i in that small game window reassure people of my power mm-hmm. because that's mm-hmm. that's what it's that's what it's been about even still, the the attacking the water, making it so that Earther ships can't and Martian ships can't dock and provide the the resources they need, that doesn't ingratiate him with the Belters. All that does is show that you're willing to sacrifice all of us just to win what they believe. A lot of them still believe is an unwinnable war yeah. mm-hmm. because at the end of the day. They have nowhere to retreat. The Earth, Earth, Mars uh, coalition can pull their ships back to a planet and go down a, a gravity well. They're stuck in the void of space, and if they don't have that, uh, those things that they need, air, food, and water, they'll die eventually anyway. Yeah, and I think the other another good point in the episode was when um, Peaches and Holden was talking about, and she was just kind of like, "Yeah, I got my Moscow's trying to kill you." Then I thought, mm, I, should, "I probably should shame you and uh, embarrass you." Then I thought better about it <laughs> like, mm-hmm. to show her like uh, evolution over the last three seasons. <laughs> yeah, well, it's more it's more about how the enemy not only wants to kill, like you said, you can kill them off, but what gain? What do you gain from that? You want them to suffer and be miserable and embarrass them because it's that much more greater and you feel it, especially if you feel you want to get your revenge. So Marcos right. mm-hmm. is trying to get revenge and yeah. put this agenda instead of doing a quick fix and making it more simple or doing a smart thing. Every I think most of the villains I've seen in this series have always tried to go to that umpteenth level. It's like, no, nah, I'm not going to just kill you. I'm going to do this, this and this, and then you're going to die. You know, yeah, and I think only uh, Peaches is the only villain that had some level of a redeeming arc where she was kind of just like, okay, I was, I, I thought this way. I know it's not. I'm trying to redeem myself, and it's like a nice slow but build up, and she's getting there so slowly but surely yeah. every episode. And I actually appreciate that they've kind of like they don't make that a central part, but every episode they push that along just a little bit yeah. more, like a little, she gets, bit. She a little bit more redemption, a little bit more of that. Um, even with them, and then Naomi, same thing. It was good that he gave her quote unquote a task to do to kind of get her off her ass to do something, um, and also help her deal with her trauma because he realized that she's not because she it's for a person who lives in the vacuum of space, 
and had a, a traumatic experience of being exposed <laughs> to the vacuum of space <laughs> without no without a suit and having to feel that feeling of death creeping up on you like that. I think cutting Naomi a little bit of slack, she definitely needed that task, yeah. that task to occupy it because she's a she's brilliant. Like yeah. as you can see, she's she is brilliant. Probably the smartest character in terms of just wild intellect, science and engineering, math and all that stuff, strategy. Mm-hmm. She is wildly intelligent. Yeah. Like she's her heart, her heart getting her in trouble. <laughs> well, yeah, and I think it was a good it was a good uh a good bit of exposition where you know, she, her and Holden have the conversation about, you know, when she goes like, you know, oh, no, that's cool, we can talk about it. And she kind of yeah. runs through why she's having the reaction that she's having and sort of, you know, a quick therapy session with her, with her dude. Um, I thought that was a really good scene because, and they're not stretching it out in a way that feels like, okay, why is she still, you know, you you don't feel like it's just wasted screen time. It's absolutely necessary because it was that traumatic. Yeah. I mean, if you look at it, she spent like, what, half the season just trying to get out of that ship. (laughs) Yeah, basically. Yeah, basically. Yeah, man. Yeah, she's the and, first time with her escaping and then trying to get out of that out of that ship um, where it was like literally at the back of her mind. She's thinking like, OK, yep. most likely I'm going to die. But I get yeah. mm-hmm. and, <laughs> and, and it was a good um, it was a good uh, evolution of their relationship, too, from like beginning of the season all the way to now. where They can actually have a conversation about something that's serious mm-hmm. and then him right. giving her the space to allow her to talk about it when she wants to, as opposed to, you know, like you know, bringing it up or having a conflict over it or something like that. The other, mm-hmm. um, the last interaction I was going to say was between um, our favorites, Bobby and Amos. <laughs> oh, yo, every time they, yo, every time they talk is freaking the best thing ever. Purely just because it's so like uh, advantageous, but at the same time, it's fun. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's like she. I was saying this to Josh. She treats him, and it's the same in the book. She treats him like. Uh, like that idiot kid brother who she mm-hmm. has to look after, but at the same time she knows how useful he is to be around. Um, and and so that, like, just her her side comments when she caught when she's like, you just hurt yourself, Pee Wee. When he was like, Can I get one of those suits, and she's like, oh, you only hurt yourself, Pee Wee. And frankly, Adams has such a great delivery of those moments where she doesn't, it just, you believe she's, you, there's a believability, a badass believability about her. Like, you don't, you look at her and you're like, man, I do think that chick could kick like five dudes ass. If you wanted to. <laughs> like, like, I, I could see her as a Marine, as, yeah. a, as a person. And I think it's great people. that she's like the Wolverine of the group. Yeah. <laughs> That's like, good, yeah. She enters a fight. Oh, it's, oh, it's, it's a whole it's, other, it's a whole other thing. Yeah. yeah, that's why I enjoy when the moment where she comes up. She's like, "Yo, give me command of the weapon." And he's like, "She's like, do you do you do your flip thing again?" And he's like, "I missed it." And just listen to me. And that was um, I always enjoyed that, and I thought that was great in the book. So to see it on screen was amazing um, because that rail gun is such a, a complicated. The science, the physics of the railgun is so complicated. So Holden and and that was mostly the Rasanati because obviously Holden isn't a skilled a pilot. So the flip and then the, the fire and then go back to like the hard burn, like just the fact that, that he was able to hit one of the ships was just amazing. Like that was just that was just great, like 
And so much different than I think we've seen uh, from space. Ever. And yep, ever. Yeah. And ever. The laws of physics, we're seeing the laws of physics play out in the interactions and how they're shooting this thing and how the blocking or the CGI or whatever is um is playing out like it, it was just like even when I hang on they had the flip and everybody's like like uh gets <laughs> pinned down to wherever they are and Amos is like yo warn us next time you do that shit and Odin is like uh man I don't know when I'm gonna do that again it's just it's advantageous but yeah um, now, I like that. I like that's the one thing about I think that you said the physics. And I mean, a lot of the um, scientists that are into the show said the same thing where it's like, like, it's not it's not just like, um, you know, in Star Trek or Star Wars and how space is just kind of there where like space is just as much an enemy as everywhere else. Oh, and yeah. so that's why they, I think that I like that they do that. And even when Vargos' mm-hmm. uh, ship gets hit. And then all their systems go down and then they're pissed because he's like, man, I know we can go back after them, but that we got to reboot. We have to do there's there's a process for everything. So yeah. they're just like, you know what? Let's cut this out now to wrap our favorite moment with our man, Philip. He was over here being a bitch for the last two uh, episodes. Finally, <laughs> finally sacked up and he was just like, yo, pops, what you doing? <laughs> uh, you fucked up. <laughs> like, that was your blunder. And, and again, that was a very indicative that moment, that scene is Marco. Like that mm-hmm. is who his character is. That is what he is. Everything was great. Now notice he didn't take command of the gun. He gave it to Philip from the beginning. Why? Mm-hmm. Because if it was, if it didn't go, he knew who he was dealing with. Yep. <laughs> like they, they know the reputation of the Rasanati, which is why all the rest of them are like, yeah, we got bigger warships. There's three of us. Uh, we can probably take them. But that's the Rasanati. Let's not, let's not forget that ship has done like things that we can only some bigger ships can only describe as a miracle. So mm-hmm. um, that was that. we do. I was gonna say we also forget that's a Martian ship. It's a Martian yeah, ship, exactly. right? Yeah. For that type of fight, for it to be like whoop, boom, boom, yep. boom, boom, and like you you have a trouble. The gun, the PDCs, like it's it's designed just for how they fought uh the Pella. Um yeah. now the Pella is also a Martian ship and all the, the two ships he had with him are also Martian. I think the Pella is whatever is either Doniger class, which is like their the top the top Martian, one, right? yeah. Mm. Uh or it's whatever's underneath. Like the top the for UN the capital class is like the the top ship and then for for Mars it's the Doniger class. So so yeah, that all those details are great. Like even the Rasanati is like no, like even they didn't they could have pursued Marco and possibly ended it right there, but they're like, no, because now we have to go and refuel and re and get more PDC uh cannons, yeah, uh, all that stuff, yeah. and torpedoes and stuff because they still are the bigger gun. So if they decide to turn and fight, then we're probably just going to take cancel each other out. Yeah, so basically. all of those mm-hmm. things sort of play that huge role in how they the narration uh, moves on uh, and moves from point A to point B. Um, and it's so just now, appreciated. So now I was going to say, so now to wrap it up, we're at halfway point. There's only three episodes left. How do we feel about landing the plane? I've got, I, I started to see the rumblings of other people where they're kind of like 
half nervous, half like, uh, I don't know. Like we're purely enjoying it. I'm like starting to read a little bit more other reviews where people are kind of just on this like 50, 50 kind of thing. I personally like it because I like that. They're not treating it like a final season. They're treating mm-hmm. it like another part of the story. And they're just yeah. going with like, like Josh said, the same pacing, not trying to portray that. And they keep keeping it moving. But do you guys feel at a halfway point that we're in a good position to see that, like where, where the end's coming to? Absolutely. They've, I have full faith. They've, they have, they have not steered. They have not veered off course. Not once the entire series. I'm fine. Whatever they do is fine. <laughs> Cam. That, that, that's all I got. That's all I need. <laughs> Um, I'm coming in with no expectation. I'm just kind of riding the wave because, again, I haven't read the book, so I don't know what to expect. Um, previous histories with shows, I would say it's pretty tough to like kind of cap it off if they're trying to do that in three more episodes with such a shortened season. But um, I still like the slow burn. There, I, I don't. There's questions to be answered, but I'm like not concerned with it. I'm just kind of just enjoying what i'm watching if that makes mm-hmm. any sense yeah uh i i do want to know how that always the intro of each season or each episode of this season ties in because i'm curious to see where they're going with this little dragon thing i know d'angelo might have some insight to that uh but <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna wait until the end of this and then we can discuss that further um because i know at the end it's going to tie in somewhere and we're going to be like ah okay this is a big makes sense to reveal <laughs> Uh, yeah. So that's the only thing I'm curious on. Um, as far as the character development and growth, um, I, I, I'm enjoying it so far. I like how the dynamic has changed from season one to now. Um, there are a few things I would change differently uh, based on how it went, but overall, it's been fun. And like I said, being introduced to this show, fresh, clean slate, no expectation, not knowing what it was like. I'm okay with what's going on. I may have a different opinion if I read the books and knew about it. So I'm glad where I'm at. So facts. And I think that's um I agree with everything all of you guys. Um and I think Cam's perspective is how both you guys' unique perspective is how I thought that this would play out, which is for those who came in cold had never read the books, any short stories, not familiar with the world at all, and have watched it up and and are along for the journey, I don't think there's at any point, unless there is just a complete breakdown in narration, that I don't think there's a place where you would be disappointed with wherever they leave off. Um, Because I think that they are doing the job of wrapping the, the... Final points of the first, what would that be? Six books? Yeah, the the first six books. Um, What I feel and from what I've seen is that they're not marching towards an end as much as a pause. And I think when you do that, if you don't rush things, it feels it will always come to uh, a place, a nice place to say, okay, this is where we're ending because that particular era, that particular story in this universe is done. And where we pick up is going to be something new, something fresh. Mm-hmm. And it's going to be a different piece of this over story. But we're going to obviously conclude because the thing, the way it works is it, it's, it's a history, a lineage or history tracing thing, right? So Still, things that happened 100 years ago in Mars have an impact on what's happening now. Yeah. So when you think about that, wherever they pick up with, 
I think that's it'll still be strong. And I think they're going to stick this landing. I have no doubt that they mm-hmm. that they will for the series. And I, again, if you don't know what you're missing, you don't know what you're missing. Yeah. Right. So if you right. if you do know what they could have done there, you're either left with, OK, you know, there's more or to come or you're satisfied because I've read all nine novels. So I know where this where the beginning, middle and end of this universe is now, as far as the TV series, I can either wait for them to make something else more or I'm satisfied with where they capped off um, the adaptation. That's, yeah, that's that's where, where, yeah. and that makes sense. That mm-hmm. makes a lot of sense. Um, yeah, I no, I, I kind of, I kind of agree on that aspect of it. I'm like, they, they haven't done me wrong so far, so I'm, a, I'm gonna trust in them and, and let it rock. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, so that's the that is our season three recap. It's season six, episode three recap of the Expanse. We'll be back next week to drop the next one, and we're gonna keep it going. For that, Blur Lines is out. Peace. Peace. Hasta